Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we're continuing our, our coverage of life in Southeast Iowa, and we are here with Derek Saboski in the Richland Fire Station. He is the Assistant Fire Chief. We're just going to get a little general information about the fire department. Welcome to the program, Derek. Thank you. So, uh, you're the Assistant Fire Chief. Uh, tell me a little bit of general, let, let's start out with just how much equipment that you guys have and take care of. Oh, well, we got uh, seven trucks. Um, our QRS is also housed in, in our fire department and is coincides with our, our fire department. So their, uh, their, uh, rig is housed in here as well. Um, we have 24 firemen right now, um, range in age. We got a guy that's 60 down to 22. So we got a pretty, uh, Pretty good range there. A lot of young kids last three or four years, which is good. Um, they're invested in the community. They want to be help out, and uh, the younger the better when you're doing stuff like we do. So, so when you're you're at, uh, is the the amount of firefighters would you consider yourself short, or do you think uh, you have no, that's quite, just about the right amount? That, that's about what we ha- have room for right now, and as far as gear for, and um, to go and buy a set of gear for somebody. We want them to be vested and be here for a while because it's five to eight thousand dollars to just put gear on a guy. So, so what are some of the other fire departments in the area that you would cooperate with that you would help them? They would help you. Uh... So we we uh, what you call mutual aid with um, Brighton Fire Department, Packwood Fire Department, Kyoto, Sigourney, Ollie. Those are kind of the ones that touch our district, and we help them, and they would help us. Uh, about how many calls a year do you think you go on? Oh, I would say it's it's all dependable, but I would say we have twenty four maybe calls a year, maybe maybe two fire. Now we're talking accidents because we deal with car accidents too. So um, car accidents, fires, maybe twenty four to thirty calls a year. Is there a certain time of year that there's more calls, or uh, it's all all dependable? Um, most of the time, I mean, in the winter time, we get a lot more car accidents, obviously, with the roads and everything. Um, early spring, we deal with a lot more grass fires. Uh, people just, you know, burning ditches and everything gets out of hand. Um, so that was going to be my next question about about grass fires and people burning things off and and and. You know, pasture fires that get a little bit out of control. Uh, uh, is that one of the more serious things that you have? I mean, is that, does that have a tendency to get really out of control? Oh, quick? It, it can, yes. Um, usually they're in remote areas where it's not going to hurt much. So it's not, it's not like if you're going to a house fire and somebody's inside or, you know, or if it's just a structure you're trying to save. Um, we always kind of look at it at the grass fires like, you know, don't get somebody hurt at a grass fire just because, it, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to hurt, it, you know, unless it's going towards a structure or something like that. But most of the time they're in remote areas and and stuff like that. So. Well, there was a time uh, about 20 years ago I was a township trustee at Penn Township, which is the Pleasant Plain area, and mm-hmm. Brighton was uh, uh, one that we dealt with, and I think, Dave Jones owned a pond, and we put a kind of a pump mm-hmm. in that pond so that you guys could get water. If yep. you were in that area yep. and stuff like that, do you have 
some substation pumping. Yep, there's that, some. We got some dry hydrants at, at ponds. There's a one over at Ollie, I know. Um, there's one south of town, I believe. So there, there's places we can. Most of the time, uh, in a grass situation, we have our two grass trucks. That one holds 300 gallon, the other holds five, and we always take our our bigger trucks with us that they can fill off of and. If we take our two big trucks, there's 8,000 gallon of water. So you got to have a pretty big grass fire if you're going to go through 8,000 gallon of water. Yeah, I remember uh, my mom and, and dad had a shop that caught on fire. And uh, they're out by Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And the Birmingham fire department went up very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Stockport showed up, you know, yep. a, with a pretty decent time. And Fairfield got there. But uh, well, just one, one uh, hose... Wasn't really knocking it down much, but once they got five on it, then mm-hmm. it, then the fire kind of went out a lot lot quicker. So, uh, how do you mass enough support to to get a, a good fire that, that in a barn or a or a, a farmhouse or or a home in town? To, as far as we get other departments to come help us, is that yeah? Well, what, yeah. what do you determine? What's the usually when it's when we get paged out and it's a structure fire, we have what we call a automatic call out to our the closest neighboring department. So if it's north of town, it would be Kyoto. If it's east of town, it would be Brighton. West of town, it'd be Ollie or Packwood. And they, it's just a, a standalone call. Like if, if we get a, it's paged out, we get paged and they're getting paged automatically. Regardless of whether we need them, we can always send them home when, when they get there. But we'd rather have the manpower and the water. And most of the time it's, water but it's manpower because you never know especially during the day how many we're going to get because everybody's got jobs you know and we got 24 firemen and if it's a nice spring day out we got you know we got some farmers on the department and stuff we we may only have three or four guys show up so if there is a fire in packwood or in kyoto or out in a rural area like that will Mm -hmm. you be informed at the same time they're informed Mm -hmm. well usually they're Whatever um, jurisdiction it's in, that that department gets paged out first, and then the automatic page would go to the neighboring department right after that. Which well, with with um, Packwood, there's a little lag there because it has to go. We get paged out through Keokuk County, and then we it has to go through Keokuk County down to Jefferson County. Then Jefferson County will page out Packwood. So uh, let's just say it's just you and your crew when you go out there. I don't know whether it's a grass fire or it's a, a, a an old building or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who makes that call that we need some more? Is it something that's done by the firemen that are on the yep. scene, and then Usually. they say, "Wow, we this is more than I expected." And, and yep. so, what what would the response time be to to get a second fire truck? Here? Oh, I, a second department. Yeah, you're talking most of our. 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, and that, that's that's really outstanding. I yeah, mean, that, and so you got good good uh, community spirit. Yep. Good cooperation, uh, and and they've got good equipment. Then they they oh, come yeah. out and uh, uh, now I, there was one fire specifically. Uh, I've lived here about eighteen years, and there was one one fire that really stands out in my mind, and that was when uh, a local bar called the Outfield uh, burned up. Uh, that seemed to, to require a response from quite a few fire yep. departments, and uh, that fire stayed burning for quite a while, and you had to get some uh, some 
people to enter that building. And uh, yep. so tell us a little bit about that fire, who helped you out, and uh, what was it like to put out the fire? Well, I, I, if I recall right, I mean, I was, it was, what, 2 o'clock in the morning when we got the call? And I live east of town, and I, about five miles, and when I left my house, I could see the flames, so I knew it was bad. And uh, it was one of those deals where um, it was automatic call, and we knew we needed um, water for sure, even though we were in town with... So with, you, knew, with, you knew you needed backup oh, when you yeah. stepped out the door. Yeah, when you get a structure like that, yeah, we knew, because it was, it was an old stone building, you know, it's going to hold the fire in, and... Uh, we called automatically called Kyoto because we knew they had they have the aerial, so they can reach over the top and and fight the fire. And I think that we had I know we had Kyoto, Sigourney, Brighton, Packwood, us, and Ollie. So we had quite a few departments on. It was, that. It was all hands on deck. It was fire. all hands on deck. So so a, a building like that that's a stone structure would turn into a, a basically a fireplace yep pretty much uh, in, a, in, a, in a short order uh what kind of equipment do you need and training do you need to go into a building like that? uh we're required to have all of our firefighters are required to have what we call firefighter one and it's a it's a state mandated requirement you have to have to be a fireman to go into a structure now you could be just a truck driver or whatever like that, but you're not going to fight a fire. And then we have to have 24 hours a year of continuing ed as far as trainings and, and stuff like that. Um, we go through our air pack training, obviously, to go into a fire. A fire like that, definitely have to have an air pack on to go in because even if the smoke's not bad, you don't know what you're breathing in, asbestos, blah, you know, whatever it could be. So there's always those dangers yeah, it, I, I didn't uh, really realize how dangerous it was or how hot it was until when, when that, uh, my, my, my dad was out in the, uh, he was out in the shop, the last I knew he was out in the shop, but uh, he had uh, went in, he was charging a battery on a, on a motorcycle, and then he went inside to lay down, and I didn't know it, and I thought it was in the building, you know, mm -hmm. and the neighbor guy come knocking on the door, you know, and uh, open up the door, and there's smoke everywhere. And I tried to get in to help him, but I just physically couldn't get very close to it because of the immense heat. How hot does it get, do you know? Oh, we, we've, just after fires are done and we're going around with our um, thermal imaging camera, there's, you know, just looking for hot spots before we leave. There's, there's times you get up, just after the fire is done, you might still have a hot spot that's 250, 300 degrees. So, you know, in the heat of the fire, who knows how hot it could get. Well, I was impressed with their professionalism. They, they, uh, a truck came from uh, Stockport, a water truck, and they built like a portable pool. Mm -hmm. And they filled it in, to, and then everybody was getting getting yep. water out of that. Uh, you have that kind of equipment yep. here, too, and, yep. and is that a pretty standard procedure? That's pretty standard for local fire departments just because... The distance we have to go to get water, it allows us. We have actually two porta tanks that can hold 5,000 gallon a piece, so we can. You can set that up, drop 5,000 gallon. The truck can be heading back to the town to get water while you're sucking that 5,000 gallon out fighting the fire. So, has there ever been a time where, uh, you know, you had to, you you used all the water that you had in the truck, and you used the water it was, and you needed some some more water if somebody went and got it. How long does that, and I know it depends on where you're at. Yeah, and, 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 
Well, what, um, what would be the worst case scenario on that? Worst case scenario, you you can, and that's why we get more departments coming, you know, because everybody has. And they're bringing trucks. They're bringing fresh trucks water. of water. Um, depending, say you're five miles out of town. By the time you come here, fill back, it could take half hour, forty five minutes to to make a turn. Well, uh, after the fire that I was at there, uh, after we thought it was all uh, put out, there was a, a secondary fire that mm-hmm. kind of restarted. And it came out with some kind of a foam. Yep. What, what, what is what is that foam, and what is uh, we when, have? A, when do you decide to use that? I guess typically on our on major fires, house fires, that's what we'll we'll use at the end. And what it does is it suffocates the just takes the oxygen completely out. out of it. So we'll do that when we're all said and done. We'll foam everything and cross our fingers. Most of the time, it keeps us from going back two or three times because. As any of the fire, you know, the ones that you work with, and not just in Richland, but in Kyoto and Packwood and, and Brighton and, and, and uh, Sigourney and everything, has there been any instances that you know where the, the fireman maybe got hurt? Uh, we haven't. Knock on wood, we haven't really had. We've had some, you know, twisted ankles and stuff like that. But as far as major injuries with firemen, we, we haven't had any. So that's a good thing. And another thing that I remember when I was a township trustee that kind of came in was... Uh, they needed to improve the 911 because there was times when the firefighters were looking for mm-hmm. where the fire was mm-hmm. and maybe didn't didn't know. So with the GPS and stuff, you have, you know, yeah, it, you're pretty good at finding. It, it's a lot better now as far as w- with our technology and um, we're able to, we have what we call e-dispatch. So instead of carrying pagers, it all comes on our cell phone now when we get paged out and we can, we can plug in the address and... Most of the time, it will take us there. Well, uh, I was interviewing the sheriff, or the sheriff deputy over in Jefferson County, mm-hmm. and he told me that they are starting to utilize drones mm-hmm. to for some of the rural, you know, if there's a suspicious vehicle or something, or there, you know, there's a theft or something that they can get a drone out to these rural areas before they can get a car there uh, is. Is there any technology like that that's helping you guys out? Um, I haven't. We haven't utilized any of that right now. Um, I'm assuming it'll probably be coming in the future. I don't know why it wouldn't, but... Um, Maybe the police department's having yeah. it, and if you needed it, you know, you could use it. But could t- tell me about some uh, some of the advancements in firefighting that has, uh, you know, the, that you guys are utilizing, some new, new equipment. Oh, or- we got, um, as far as, like, our extraction equipment for uh, car accidents, our jaws, jaws of life. And our all that equipment used to be old hydraulic, and you had to have it so the cl- the truck had to be so close because you had to have electrical source and electric over hydraulic. And now it's all battery powered, kind of like you know your drills and you know everything is these days. And that's really helped us out a lot as far as being able to go down in the the ditch or whatever, and, and not have vehicles right next to us to help out there. So. And um, just trucks alone, I mean, the size of them is a lot bigger now as far as we're able to haul. When I got on the department 22 years ago, our biggest tanker was 22,000 gallon. Now we roll in with 5,000 and 3,000 gallons. So it's just, you know, everything's advanced like everything else in this world, I guess. So uh, when I was when I, I was working with the Brighton Fire Department, uh, they, they would have a, like a like almost like a lottery that they would get some money awarded to them from mm-hmm. Walmart, you know, 
one year you get a lot of money, and next year you wouldn't maybe get a thousand. Sometimes you get ten thousand. Yeah. So do they still? Is there some some funding that comes there, in? There is funding. We we apply for uh, grants every year just through the through the government for trucks, turnout gear, whatever we can get. We haven't got anything in the last two or three years due to the pandemic and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Companies have to have profit to help out. Yeah, exactly. You know? So and when I, they're struggling, you guys are struggling. Yeah. It's uh, yep. uh, how, how is the, how, how is the Richland? I know there was some talk about maybe getting a, a new facility and then maybe there's also this building beside you seems like it's going to be tore down and maybe give you guys some room. Uh, what, what are you, what, what is the future needs of the Richland Park? Uh, we're definitely in, in the need of a new station, obviously. I mean, looking around here, we're, we're pretty cramped in here. Um, you seem to be utilizing every inch of the, we are. the space we are. that you have. Yes. I mean, it does seem to be, you know, uh, yep. actually nicer than you, than it would look yep. from the outside, you know, yep. uh, future plans are yes to, uh, expand, expand or a new new buildings new new so, buildings yeah. there's uh I, i've seen some uh i i go to a lot of towns mm -hmm. and just do do interviews about the towns and the mayors will show me around and i know it seemed like wellman had a pretty new uh fire department backwood has a really nice yep. fire department yep. they they seem to you know there, there's some and then there's guys like you and guys like brighton that are mm -hmm. you know kind of you know working uh, uh, uh build, you know buildings that might might be starting to get out yep. out of date uh, is it just space that you need is that yeah, the big the big thing is it's just space yeah i mean we like i said we've expanded you know the truck sizes just keep getting bigger and and we just need room for training and stuff like that i mean if we have a grass fire we got to move two trucks to get one truck out and it's and we're standing trying to get dressed over there and we're a foot away from the trucks when they're leaving and just safety it'd, it'd be nice to have more room so, so what about uh if someone out there listening to us was interested in volunteering for the fire department, how would they go about doing that? Uh, just we meet uh, uh, the last third Monday of every month and um, just come up and walk in and we'll uh, take your name and we usually talk about it as a group. Um, like to get their, you know, their info on what, you know, if they're going to be in the area for a long time. You know, that's that's kind of the biggest thing, like I said before, is we want people that are invested in this community because, you know, if you go and outfit a fireman, you invest that type of money. The, the money and the training, the time of training, and, and then all they, of a sudden now yeah. they got a job in Des Moines exactly. and, and they're gone. And, and, and that happens. And, and uh, one of the things uh, when I was there was uh, the Iraq War was on and uh, they had quite a few guys that were National Guard, mm -hmm. or uh, I think there was a guy that was a sheriff or a state trooper or something, and yep. he was also military, and he was gone, and there was there was quite, and then uh, there was a time when they were tr trying to implement a weight and physical fitness thing that there were some guys that were, were heavy and things, mm -hmm. but the fire chief that I talked to, he said, man, I want to keep these guys because they can drive the truck yep. in the grass fire. You know, or, or help out with the hose or something, and, and uh, that's the thing. There's a lot of a lot of stuff a person can do other than fight the fire. I mean, like you yeah. said, drive truck, operate the pump, do this, get tools, get that, this. So you know, we get people that are interested that are maybe scared to go into the fire, or scared to put on an air pack or whatever. But there's a lot of stuff you can do. But they can other, still help. 
Yes. And they and they can make a big difference too. Big can't difference. They? Yep. Yep. So how long? How long? How much training does it take before uh, you just become just your basic? Uh, so firefighter one is a, I think it's a forty hour. I, I may be saying that wrong. Forty hour training course over like four week period, and um, that gets you. If you stay in the state of Iowa, once you have that training, you have it for life. Then you could just you could you, go from Richland yeah. to Packwood yep. to Kyoto to yep. Fairfield yep. to yep. To, and, and then, of course, like I said, we have we have to keep our twenty four hours of continuing um, training. Well, so. my very favorite thing about the fire department is the pancake breakfast. That yeah. You have. How how important is that to your to your budget and to the Supreme Corps and. Uh, just for the community to, to come in and be involved and see what all you got going yep, on here. Yep, it's, it's our biggest fundraiser of the year. Um, we've been doing it ever since I've been on and year, wait a lot of years before that. Um, it's always the first weekend in June, and our community supports us really well. We have great turnout, and we've actually started um, the last two years. We've started a soup supper that we have on Halloween here, too, for two nights. Um, that's also another fundraiser that we do, and uh, it's turned out really well as well. So, um, like I said, that that's our fundraising for the year. Helps us with, you know, our budget as far as gas, fuel, you know, stuff like that that, that we need around here. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So, does Ollie have a fire department, or are you the Ollie's fire department? Ollie does. I, I, there for a couple years, their numbers were down, and, and we were... We were getting called when they got called, but now they they've kind of built their fire department back up. They got uh, some young guys in there, um, so they're kind of they're standing on their own now, which is good. Um, they're kind of like us, though. I mean, if it's a major fire, we're going to get called with to help them out, which is fine. Um, so yeah, they're 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 over there. So uh, you know, like say when I was in Penn Township, we would write them a check. You know, another township mm-hmm. would write them a check, and the city would write them a check. Go over some of the townships and some of the, the you know, the, the cities that uh, you guys are responsible for. Oh, I think we're, uh, we have five different townships and, and then the city of Richland, of course, and just, you know, they get their tax dollars like every, and we get so much of those tax dollars they send into our, our trustees and uh, the trustees actually um, own every piece of equipment in here. So, um Besides the stuff that we have gotten grants for, but uh, the trustees are are huge behind us as far as money wise, backing us, um, supporting us. So, um, well, and and that all comes from you know John Q. Taxpayer out there that's you know putting their dollars out too. So, well, uh, when when I Brighton would invite all of us township trustees mm-hmm. in, and they have this wild game feed, and they'd make a presentation. Uh, what what are the ways that you're communicating with the township trustees, with the mayors, with the uh, and with uh, leaders we, of the community? We we try to communicate. Um, that our chief has, I think, every quarter has a as a meeting with the trustees, as far as you know needs, wants, what we're looking for in the future, and um, try to do that with the city as well when we can. Um, so. Not you know not a, not an every month deal, but it, we try to do it you know once or twice a year. 
And that, that and and that it, you just got to establish that communication, mm-hmm. and, and it works out better when when you guys say, "Hey, we need this," you yep. know, and then they they kind of know more what's yep. going on, yep. and they can kind of budget for that as well. So, a lot of people don't know, you know, that the township trustees really do do a lot. Oh, they do. And they're yeah. kind of big, uh, bigger, uh, important thing. Yep. Well, uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, do you. Do you feel good and supported by the community here? Yes. Yep. We've and always you, felt good, supported by the community, and. Uh, we got a great group of guys that that love the community, and you know it, it takes a lot of sacrifice to do what we're doing. You know, when you're you're getting up at two o'clock in the morning to you yeah, know, on top of everything else, yeah. That you're doing, and, you know, I'm, yep. I'm getting older and kind of wore out, and uh, uh, I, I do as much extra as I can, but it ain't like it was when I was yep. younger. And we got we got a lot of guys that are business owners in this community. They're on the department, and you know when when the pager goes off. They're shutting down their business to go help somebody else, so that you know that takes a lot of sacrifice, and and I think everybody is appreciative of that. I mean, I we see that a lot with the breakfast and stuff like that, you know. No, so. uh, one time uh, my wife's car had a battery kind of tip over into the uh, the fan that cools the cooling mm-hmm. thing and kind of got a fire going. I mean, real quick. And right now, uh, uh, tell me about some of those kind of car fires and and. How is that different, you know, than... Uh, I mean, it's different but the same. I mean, you're you're still going to a fire that... I mean, we had one down in Rubio. It was a car fire that ended up starting the house on fire. So, you know, it could come in as a page of just a car, or a car fire, and it may not be a big deal, but it could turn into a big deal. So you never know what you're going to get into when you're going out there because, like I said... Our, if our response time is 20, 25 minutes, a lot can change in 20, 25 minutes. And what about the wind and stuff like that? Yep. How do you account for that? Or, or is it just something that you got to be aware of? Yep, you got to be aware of. That's that's kind of the training you go through. You you know, when you pull in first truck on the scene, you're, you're assessing the situation as far as wind, power lines, LP tank, this, that, everything. You know, you got to you gotta kind of look for all that when you're first pulling in. Well, a lot of times I'll see ambulances, first responders, uh, law enforcement. Uh, how is that all coordinated? Uh, usually structure fires, ambulance, and, and law enforcement are coming as well just because they don't know if anybody's in there or was in there, was hurt, or the ambulance is usually there for us as far as if we're there a prolonged time. You know, if we need anything. Well, we've been talking to Derek Sabosky. He is the assistant fire chief of Richland, Iowa. Thanks for being with us, Derek. I really appreciated uh, the talk. It was a really great interview, I think. Very informative. All right. Thank you.